Welcome to the Wisdom Workout Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sullivan, and today we are going to be talking on hate. Now, this is quite the switch up maybe from the last few podcasts, but I felt that it was very important to talk on this topic because I think a lot of people are caught in self-hatred and through this podcast I'm really going to explain to you how self-hate can actually lead to self-love and talk about my my journey through it and really how it led me to where I am. So to give you the the download up front because I usually like doing that in case you don't want to listen to the whole podcast. I give you the the summary, I guess, of uh, what we're going to be talking about. And it follows the same pattern as the last podcasts. And you'll see that this pattern really plays out throughout almost everything in life. And so to give you the the download right now, when you hate others, you start to believe that others hate you. And when you believe others hate you, you start to hate yourself. So self-hatred begins with hating others, right? It's that feedback loop. You send out hate, you start to receive hate, and then you internalize it. Same thing with forgiveness, gratitude, and love, right? You send out forgiveness, you send out gratitude, you send out love, you start to receive it coming back, and then you internalize it. And hatred follows the same pattern as forgiveness, gratitude, and love. So the predominant theme of these podcasts so far really has been what goes around comes around. And I know probably all of you have heard that before and I want to give you more tangible evidence and more examples on how that is the case with each of these podcasts that I'm going through each of these emotions feelings uh, their their energetic forces that you push out into the world and then it comes back full circle so Again, like I said, the very first podcast, you know, when you start to forgive others, you believe others can forgive you. And when you believe others can forgive you, you can forgive yourself. When you're grateful for others, you start to believe others can be grateful for you. And then you can be grateful for yourself. When you love others, you start to believe others can love you. And then you can love yourself. And same with hatred. You know, when you hate others, you start to believe others hate you. And when you believe others hate you, you start to hate yourself. And so this pattern of what goes around comes around is true energetically uh, and definitely tangibly as well. You could say that energy is tangible even on a most basic level, but you could also, you know, bring this to more uh, tangible sort of things like money or, um, you know, really anything Uh, you can extract this pattern out from, you know, when you invest money, you start to receive returns and then it's a perpetuating cycle. So I want to talk about uh, the power of self-hatred 
because going through my process of self-hatred is actually what led me to unconditional self-love. And there's a lot of reasons for this. And so we're going to go through some of those reasons. Um, but most people who try to teach self-love or, um, you know, loving your body or your, what your passion is or things like that, they, they sort of bypass some really, really important factors. And it's usually they're bypassing the negative because most people only really want to chase the positive, but there can be no positive without negative, at least in this dimension. And so ignoring the negation of whatever you're seeking is going to actually hold you back. So self-hove, so, excuse me, self-hate can lead to self-love. And the reason is because you can only hate yourself for so long. You can, it's, it's an energy that is inherently depletionary in the sense that the, the expenditure of that energy of hatred can only last so long because you can only beat yourself up so much until you really have nothing left. So I'd, I'd ask you, what's more powerful, love or hate? You know, in all those movies like Star Wars, good, e good versus evil, or, you know, any, any sort of battle of the self or story, it seems that the predominant theme throughout all of them is good versus evil. Uh, and I would, I think the evolution past that is realizing that there really is no good and evil because it's cyclical and, um, you know, everything sort of comes back around in the sense, and it depends on where your perspective is. But I would ask you what's more powerful and, you know, in, in the stories and stuff like that, it, good always wins essentially, right? And, you know, it might seem like evil is extremely powerful and, you know, a terrifying force and, um, you know, overwhelmingly uh, dominant, but eventually in the end, right, it always comes back around to the righteous or the good uh, or light winning and um, another way to phrase this as like, what is more powerful is what's more consuming, you know, what, what is all encompassing and, and hatred really only lasts so long because if you deplete all of your energetic hatred, you're left with nothing. Whereas with love and true, truly unconditional love, I'm not talking about attached love. Like you really, really like someone and you want them to be yours and you are possessive over that. That's not true unconditional love because that is depletionary, right? Because you're attached to something. But love in and of itself, pure unconditional love, 
right, is known as the ultimate power in the universe, right? It is everything. It is everywhere. It is infinite. And it's you can't expend all of it because it's ever-growing. So uh, you can look at it, what's more powerful or what's more consuming. And what's more powerful, right, is something that's everlasting. And what's more consuming is something that's more depletionary in that sense. And so you can also look at sort of what each of these lead to. So self-hatred, I would say, eventually leads to apathy. Whereas self-love eventually leads to ultimate fulfillment. And fulfillment is the goal, right? In terms of, and maybe fulfillment isn't the right word. Some people might call it happiness or enlightenment or beingness or, you know, there's a bunch of different examples, but that state of being comes from love. Whereas self-hatred eventually leads you to really just being an empty shell of apathy. And when you're an empty shell, when there's, when there's nothingness, right, what can you do, right? Well, you can refill that emptiness with something. And on the other end of the spectrum, right, fulfillment is not an empty shell. It is a full cup that you can pour out and refill and pour out and refill and pour out and refill and let overflow. And so I would say that true, powerful love, unconditional, pure, unattached love is the most powerful force. And I don't have to really explain this rationally or logically. I feel like even though I'm attempting to, because I feel it's inherent in all of our understanding. Um, but really that the, when you, when you expend all of your hatred, what I'm trying to describe is that eventually there's nothing left but growth. And that's why self-hate eventually leads to self-love is because, you know, what is left when you have nothing? And think about that for a second. When you have nothing, what do you have? Right? And I would say, look at the dualistic perspective. What's the opposite? Right? Well, the opposite of nothing is everything. Right? So when you tangibly have nothing, what do you have on the other end of the spectrum? Well, you have everything. And when you have nothing, you are free to do anything, right? That's why you have everything. Because when you have nothing, you can do anything. Because you have nothing to lose, right? When you have nothing, there's nothing to lose. There's no attachments. There's no... Um, nothing holding you back. And so you're really free to do anything. And when you have infinite possibility, that is everything. So the one, one thing that some people get caught up in though, is that, uh, a lot of people who have nothing, they can easily be misguided. And so, and one thing that I want to really, really instill in you, I'm not, <laughs> I'm trying to instill something into you by <laughs> telling you, you know, my perspective, but I'm not trying to tell you what your path is, right? I'm the, the sort of perspective that I have led me to say, you know, forgiveness is the first step. Gratitude's the next step. Love is the next step. And then 
self-hatred, right? This is the fourth podcast that I'm recording. It's not really the next step, <laughs> right? You really want love to be the ultimate step, but sort of, I wanted to go th through the process of, you know, self-love and I felt that forgiveness, gratitude, and then love was the stages, but then hatred, even though I'm recording this as the fourth one, in my path, it was actually a precursor to forgiveness. So essentially, I guess I'm doing <laughs> a sort of, uh, <laughs> I, I can't believe I, I was using Star Wars as an example earlier, right? But I wrote the trilogy and now I'm writing the prequels. <laughs> so, or recording the prequels. But um, everyone's path is different. And I'm not trying to guide you because when when you're guided by an outside force, that's when you're misguided. You can only be intentionally guided properly from within because everyone has a different story. Everyone has a different path. And so what I would ask you is to listen to what you truly feel because I don't know your perspective. I don't know your story. I don't know what you've been through. You know, I only know what I've been through and I can describe my experience in the hopes of helping you down your path, but I'm not attached to your path. You have to be in a sense attached to your path, but also part of being attached is also learning to be unattached. And that's what the process of self-hatred taught me was learning how to be unattached because when I depleted my energy of self-hatred, you know, all that was left was my internal guidance system, right? You know, when, when you've depleted all negative energy, right? All that's left is to move towards a positive energy. And if you're doing that internally, there's no way that you can go wrong. Whereas a lot of people, when they have, when they have nothing, they turn to others, which that can be their path, right? That their path could be in being in the service of others. And, and then that's their path back to fulfillment. And it's a good path, right? But on depending on where your perspective is, right? You know, if you're joining the US military to serve your country, right? And we're at war with another country, well, inherently there's somebody on the opposite side who's probably doing the same thing, right? They're trying to serve their country, they're trying to protect their family just like you're trying to serve your country and protect your family. So, but that's that's an example of being still attached to something external that you need to move out of your self-hatred, right? Whereas if it's internally guided, and it could be internally guided towards, you know, the military or to a certain business person or anything like that, it really is up to you and, you know, seeing how you're guided and maybe you're on the stage where you need to first be misguided in order to be guided eventually by yourself because you can't fully understand the perspective of self-guidance until you've been guided by others, right? Or you can't fully have the perspective of what it's like to be guided by others until you've guided yourself to others, right? There's always the other, the other side of the, the coin. And so it just really depends on where you're at in your journey. And I'm not trying to confuse you by always stating the opposite. But what I'm trying to show you is that in order to move forward on a balanced path, you have to acknowledge both sides, which is why I always bring up the opposite. So, and my sort of premise that 
self-hatred can lead to self-love, somebody can flip that as well. Somebody could say self-love leads to self-hatred. And the argument for that would be, you know, if, if you lose something, right, like you have the pain of a loss of love, right, you know, let's say um, somebody you love leaves you or uh, something like that, you know, that, that loss of love could be argued to say that it eventually leads to hatred and you get sucked down into a downward spiral. But I think that that is only the case if you have attachment. So then the lesson there is to feel the hatred from the loss of love. So that way you can become unattached from the part of the love that you are attached to. So the only way that in my mind, in my experience, that self-love can lead to hatred or even love lead to hatred or self-love lead to self-hatred is if you have attachments. And that's why in the last podcast I talked about being unconditional because true love, true pure light love is unconditional. It's unattached. And so maybe part of your lesson is becoming more attached and that's why you revert back down into this downward spiral so you can feel the pain of what it's like to be attached to something that's weighing you down so that way you can learn how to let it go and then continue forward, right? <clears throat> so... The spiral downward can be the lesson in becoming more unconditional. So it's not a bad thing if you go from love to hatred, right? Just like it's not a bad thing from going to hatred to love, right? It's all just lessons. It's all an experience that's moving you towards your personal destiny or your, your, your personal destination because you might not believe in destiny. So your destination or where you want to go. So, and it's, it's a feedback loop, right? It gives you information based on what you're feeling and the way that you move back into love after hatred is by being more unconditional, right? The other option is to just live with the pain. You know, some people never escape their pain. They live with their pain their whole lives, right? And that's their lesson in this lifetime. And some people just never learn and that's okay too, because Somebody who never learns can be an example, right? Or a warning, right? There's, um, I don't remember where I heard this, but right, there's two kinds of people in the world. There's examples and there's warnings, right? There's role models of what you should follow. And then there's, you know, people that are warnings of what you shouldn't do. And so maybe, maybe their path and their service is actually being a warning, them living in pain helps somebody else escape pain because somebody from an external perspective can see what's, what's happening and acknowledge it within themselves and know that that's not the path for them. So everything has a purpose in my mind, in my belief, and it's not right or wrong. It's just, it is. So, and that's, that's sort of the learning how to be unattached is like, there is no right or wrong. There just is. Right. And then you could flip that as well and say, well, there just is and is not, right? <laughs> which is part of sort of dimensional analysis and going through the uh, collective experience is always acknowledging the opposite, right? The binary um, in order to sort of evolve out of that. But, you know, it, it's it's not good or bad. It's just is right or is not. So it's more of being present 
to your experience rather than seeking something that's external. And in our society, at least in America, and I'm presumably most of the rest of the world, we're, you know, we're sort of taught that there is some sort of right and wrong, right? That's why, you know, at least in Western culture, you know, not very many people are entirely present with who they are and what they want out of life because, you know, life sort of has forced upon them this preconceived notion, you know, and I think we're escaping this particular notion, but I'll use it as an example because it's so widely known, but you know, you go to school, you go to, you graduate, you go to college, you get a job, you get married, you have kids, you retire, you die, right? Like that's the predominant American dream story. And that's forced onto you by society, right? That's not an internal guidance. And so escaping that is part of you know, the path to really, and I'm not saying escaping that particular story, because that could be your story, that could be what you want, but I'm saying escaping the the preset condition that that's what you're supposed to do, and just listening to yourself, and what your path is, is part of the process. So, you know, it's, you really, in life, you know, it's, a lot of people say you get what you deserve, and I would like to dig a little bit deeper in that, in the sense that, you know, what you deserve is really what you believe you deserve. So part of, you know, people doing affirmations or incantations or prayer or, um, you know, visualization or meditation, all these things are to sort of empty, you know, not all of them, but some of the things are, you know, um, meditation rites to empty your sort of mind to sort of fill it with your next step or your next stage. By being present in this moment, you, by being present on your current step, you know then what the next step forward is, right? Visualizing, you're trying to make multiple steps forward from where you are. And uh, prayer, you're sort of uh, expanding out past where you are currently into the future and things like that. Um, and that reinforces the feedback loop. It reinforces your your own personal conditioning, right? Which I this is why I believe it's super important is because it helps you escape the societal conditions or, you know, the preconceived notions that you have in your mind. And when you are in, living intentionally day to day, that's how you know that you are on your correct path is because you're present with your feelings, you're present with your emotions, you're present with your story, and it's leading you to your heart's destination. So, you know, you people say you get what you deserve, but really what you deserve is what you believe you deserve. And so change your beliefs, change your life. Mentality is 80%, strategy is only 20%. Because if you have the right mentality, you can find the strategy. But if you have the strategy and not the mentality, you don't really... You, if you know how to get a promotion at work, but then you don't do anything to get the promotion at work, it doesn't matter that you knew the strategy because you didn't have the mentality or the character to implement it, right? So that's really what's important. Mentality isn't everything, but it is a majority of what leads you onto your, onto your path. And so remember that you have a choice, right? You know, going back to the example of self-hatred eventually consumes you and leads you into an empty shell, right? You're, it's your choice whether you stay empty and apathetic or you can choose to refill 
the empty shell with something. Now, um, hatred, you can't refill it with hatred, right? Hatred is typically an attachment to the past, something that's happened to you, and you are living that experience over and over and over again, and letting that energy be consumed. And once the energy is fully consumed, it's empty, right? It's an expense, right? It's kind of like, you know, our natural resources or oil, right? When um, you are burning the resources that you have, eventually you run out. Now, there could be a lot of it. Like, we have so much oil in the world, we're not going to run out anytime soon. I don't want to really dive into Saudi Aramco and, you know, trillions of barrels of oil that we have. Um, it's We're not going to run, run out of gas and or oil anytime soon, folks. But, um, you know, you might feel that way with your own hatred. So, But recognize that you don't have to empty out all the hatred first before you can start refilling it with love instead, right? We don't have to deplete all of our natural resources before we start regrowing them, right? We can regrow and heal our planet before we run out of resources. It's just flipping the direction of where you're going. And I would say that like nature, I, I would equate nature to love, right? Love really is just there, right? It's what's naturally happening and or naturally occurring or naturally emergent whereas hatred is something that's extractive and that's why hate is a powerful motivator just like gas is a powerful combustive uh, material that we use in cars and um, you know stoves and things like that right it's it has a lot of energy it has a lot of resource but eventually that resource sort of runs out it can become intoxicating because it provides a lot of energy but also there's byproducts to the energy right it is toxic and eventually you have to clear out those toxins in order to move on and you know once once you use like let's say that you know we burned every tree on the planet we used all of the oil um you know manufactured with all the minerals and everything like that like that you know the only the only thing left to do is to regrow and that's sort of the premise on you know how self-hatred eventually can only lead to love is because once you burn all the resources all that's left is the regrowth right when you have nothing you have everything so whereas hatred can be a motivator through extraction right love just is it just is you know, it's it's everywhere, it's energetic, it's ultimate, as long as it's unconditional and unattached. Just like nature, you know, a tree doesn't grow because somebody's, you know, cheering on the sidelines. Yeah, you go tree, you got this, keep growing, you're doing it. Like, no, it just is. And I would propose that love is very much in the same way, it just is. And that's sort of the process of letting your life flourish and the only way to surrender the only way to move out of the downward spiral is to surrender right the only way to stop our extractive processes is to just stop right and you know society has a lot of momentum going in a specific direction so it, you know 
I don't even know if it'd be quite possible to get everyone in the world to stop using oil. You know, there's people trying like Elon Musk with electric cars and stuff like that. Um, but even, you know, how is that energy made? Sure, some of it's solar, but, you know, a lot of it is through coal and things like that. And so now I don't want to jump really to societal. I'm sort of using it as an example, but internally, right, the only way to flip the switch and go the other direction out of self-hatred is to just surrender the hatred, just to let go, right? And that's part of releasing attachment and becoming more unconditional. You just surrender into what is instead of what you think should be. Now, through my process of becoming more and more unconditional, I've truly gotten to the place where everyone that I've ever loved, I still love. Right? Even the people that have hurt me. You know, my, my love is unconditional because I've been through this stage of self-hatred and I've made a choice to not hate, no matter how much somebody's hurt me or uh, no matter what the consequences have been in the past, you know, I'm, I'm still embodying love energy instead of consuming hatred to move me forward. Because I, I know what it's like to be empty. I know what it's like to be an apathetic shell. And I decided to just let my life regrow. And now I'm overflowing with love. You know, so it's almost, this is, this is why I personally have a beautiful life is because, you know, my state of being is so wonderful because I don't, you know, I don't let painful experiences affect me because a painful experience is just an experience. It'll be over. You know, if your entire life is a painful experience, well, good news to you, you're going to die. So you can either wait until you die or force the process or let go. And I feel this is something very important that we don't teach people on, you know, how to let go. And some people resort to forcing the end, which is terrible, right? Now, that's, again, coming from my perspective, you know, some there's a lot of people who think that it's not a terrible thing because they're releasing their pain. But I think that it's not the best solution. So maybe terrible wasn't the right word, but there are definitely other solutions to resolving pain than to just ending it at any cost. And this is something that we really, really should be... Push, pushing out into the world is, you know, how to release pain through releasing attachment, being present in the moment. And there's a lot of people that are. I'm definitely, far, I'm far from the only person doing this. There's a lot of people, you know, doing good work, you know, or even just work because remember, releasing attachment from, from good or bad because everything leads us to a destination. But, you know, there's lots of people really trying to push this. And part of it's even acknowledging that, you know, just ending it is an option. Right, but what would you rather do? Would you rather end it or would you rather choose to move forward? Right, with a different perspective and a different life. It was Winston Churchill that said, if you're going through hell, keep going. And this is the pattern that I really embodied in my process was really 
going through all the pain and everything that was causing trauma in my life, right? Because feeling all that pain, feeling all of those emotions eventually showed me how to let go of them. Because when I realized that I was so attached to the pain and I didn't want to feel the pain anymore, the only option was to let go. Right, so if you're going through hell, keep going because you will eventually reach the light at the end of the tunnel. And the light at the end of the tunnel is your beautiful life. So again, just to reiterate and wrap it all up. When you hate others, you start to believe others hate you. And when you believe others hate you, you start to hate yourself. So what I would recommend is stop hating other people. That's how you interrupt the cycle. Forgive other people. And then take it a step further. Be grateful for other people, even if they've caused you pain. And then you can love them, even though they've caused you pain. Right? Go through the stages. Go through hell. Make it all the way to the end. Make it all the way to the light at the end of the tunnel. Because no matter what you've been through, you can get to where you're going. Just another step, one step in front of the other. I love you, and we'll talk soon.